Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Finch Show podcast. Our sponsor, as always, is Black Star Woodcrafts. Scott, he's up in Michigan. He's got a great workshop, and he makes all kinds of amazing things. Um, I've mentioned it before. I even shared a picture of him on social media once of this really cool bottle topper that he made. Um, but, he, gosh, he makes so much more awesome stuff. Um, pens, bath caddies, you name it. You can check him out. Facebook, Instagram, Blackstar Woodcrafts. You can get a look at everything that he does. And even if you've had an idea for something that you don't see on there, reach out to him, contact him directly through there, have a conversation with him about it. He's a great guy. He'd be happy to work with you. Figure out exactly what it is you want, what it is he can do, about how much that's going to cost you, and you know about how long it'll take him to get it done and get that to you. I highly, highly recommend it. And for being a listener to this podcast, if you contact him and say you reached him through The Finch Show, you will get 10% off your order. Do not wait. Go check it out. You will be very, very, very happy that you did. Today is kind of a special edition of the podcast. It is what I'm just kind of calling our Super Tuesday special. Um, I had on the podcast today David Soule, who is um, a member of Rockford, Illinois for Bernie 2020. Part of the They're not officially associated with the Bernie Sanders campaign. It's a grassroots effort um, in Rockford to open a field office. And I was really, really happy that he was able to come out uh, and be on the podcast. It was a, it's a short podcast, it's only about 45 minutes, and that's because, you know, with it being Super Tuesday and everything else that's going on, I had a very short window that we could squeeze in, but he was more than happy to do it. He was great. Um, we talked about a lot of interesting things, um, specifically in regards to Bernie Sanders and sort of him as a person and sort of some of the platforms that he's running on, the ideas behind him, the theories behind him, the history behind him. Um, so it was a great show. I had a lot of fun talking to him. I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here is David Soul. Okay, so let's say you and I have never met. You knock on my door. You're a Bernie supporter. You're campaigning for Bernie Sanders. And I say to you, yeah, but why Bernie? Like, I'm, I'm not sold on this. He wants to give everything away for free. He's a crazy socialist. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's different with each person. You know, every, mm -hmm. everyone knocks on the door, and they're going to have their own way of you know, approaching a person. Uh, when you knock on a door, no, typically you're talking to a fellow Democrat, you know, mm -hmm. almost always, especially in a primary. Uh, and so I would, you know, when I usually approach people, you know, I say, hey, my name, you know, hi, my name's David, you know, I'm a volunteer for Bernie Sanders. And I was just, you know, do you know anything about him? You know, and of course, you know, depending on how they answer, if it's, yes, I do, and I'm, I'm good to go. Okay, great. And while I do, and I'm not sure, you know, sell me on it mm -hmm. like oh no i'm not going to trust that commie you know and you know and whatever and you know so each person's different you obviously once you're at the door you can decide as an individual is that person worth continuing to talk to right i think obviously if someone starts off with he's a commie well wow. pretty much have lost <laughs> any hope of 
you know, you're probably not going to get very far. I've tried before, yeah. but mostly it's just a waste of, of time, which is unfortunate because yeah. there are otherwise good people who right. just don't know. Right. And that's the sad part. Yeah, unless you'd have hours to explain history and economics to a person. Uh, that's, gosh. And I think that's one of the problems we have, not just in this election, but in any election anymore, is that these issues that we're dealing with are so complex, so nuanced. How are you going to fit that into a 30-minute soundbite or a 30-second soundbite, you know? Exactly. And, I, it, you know, now there are there have been some commercials that Bernie has made that mm. we've all seen. Uh, if you've been on YouTube, you've certainly seen them. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders has that. Uh, I think it's called Hear, Hear the Burn mm-hmm. uh, podcast. And they'll run all those things, you know, uh, the commercials on there. And they usually will touch on issues or, or their solutions, if you would. Uh, on each individual thing one at a time instead of trying to touch them all on at once. Uh, if you recall, right before the British election, uh, the Jeremy Corbyn had that commercial. It was a minute long, and it was him. I believe he was in a, one of those double-decker city buses. And he said, okay, I have one minute in here. And he went down and he just listed of all these different things. It was a great commercial. Even though it was a minute long, it didn't feel like a minute. It actually yeah. felt like 30 seconds. So because he listed them off one at a time, but didn't get into the meat of them. He just said, mm-hmm. we can do this, 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 this. He was talking about what they can accomplish. Yeah. And if you go in terms of what you, what you are willing to fight for, what we can accomplish, the details can come later because mm-hmm. you're in because people's interests are peaked on what we can do, not what we can't do, right. and that unfortunately is really what all the other candidates tell us. Mm-hmm. You know, it oh Medicare's you know Medicare for all is too expensive. College for you know college for all or free free tuition. You know oh too expensive. Oh what do you, you know how are we going to pay for it? I mean no one ever asks about how we can pay for war right or blowing people up in a, in other faraway countries right but. You know, but you know, and and tax cuts for the wealthy. But ask for a billion dollars for food stamps, and how are you going to pay for it? Right. Well, I mean, you know, and so you got to get past that rhetoric. And I think by doing simple commercials like Bernie has done, where he doesn't really get into the meat of a, an issue mm-hmm. or a solution, he just says, "We can do Medicare for all." There you go. Done. Yeah. We can do it. Oh, we can. Okay, and then that person's interested. They go to his website, and then they start to research. They see the that, that thing he put out. Oh, that um, flow chart. The, the flow, you know, the, yeah, the, the how are you going to pay for it yeah. thing that he handed Anderson Cooper. Yeah. And, you know, and then so people will see that and go, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's very reasonable, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and of course, you know, yeah, I think even people who would otherwise see Bernie as a, you know, a crazy commie or a socialist or, you know, and all that garbage uh, will – Slowly and realize, slowly and for sure, or slowly but surely, that's right. the term, <laughs> uh, will realize he's a normal, rational, kind of middle of the road guy. Oh, he's yeah. not asking for anything crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing we you know that other countries haven't already accomplished. Right. Uh, and, you know, and things that we used to have in the A's. I mean, we used to have tuition free college. Yeah. College debt wasn't even a thing until 1981. Mm. And who was president in those days? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. And, and so here we are. Yeah. All Bernie wants to do is go back to the way things used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, or in some cases, things that have already been accomplished in other countries. Right. You know, so why can't we? Right. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll admit I was one of the biggest converts um, of it going back to all the way back to the 2016 campaign. The 2016 campaign was the first time 
um, in my voting life that I voted Democrat. Prior to that, I'd always voted Republican. Um, long story to that, I of course, I wasn't interested in politics. I got into politics after 9-11. Of course, at that point in time, Bush was president, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't of the mindset, well, you know, they did this, we need to bomb Muslims. It was more of a, you know, we got some shit we're dealing with, and this is the president, and that's who I'm going to back. Um, I voted for Bush twice. I voted for McCain. I voted for Romney. Um, we got to 2016, and I kind of realized... There isn't a single person in the Republican field that I like. There isn't one of them. I always kind of had the mindset of it matters more to me, their message um, and what they wanted to do versus whether there's a D or an R next to their name. Now, when you looked at the the, the field in in 2016, I, God, I felt I felt that was bad, too. I'm like, God, look at all these idiots. There wasn't, a, there wasn't any chance I was going to vote for Hillary. I mean, I was just like, you know, this woman's crazy. And... But then next to her is this like crazy grandpa who wants to give everything away for free. And everybody's like, how are you going to pay for it? And I'm like, I'm kind of a great, like, how are you going to pay for all that crap, man? You're out of your mind. Um, and that led me on the path of research. That led me down that path independently of, you know, going through and looking at. And the more and more I read, the more and more I realized, like, this guy's kind of right. Like, he's, he's, yeah. he's kind of got this figured out. He's been saying the same thing for darn near 40 years. Exactly. You know, it's not like he uh, he was kind of a nobody who was saying completely different things in the 90s or in the 80s. And all of a sudden today thought, oh, well, this will get me votes. I'm going to start saying all this. I mean, you look at speeches of him going all the way back to the 80s and 70s, and it's it's the same message. Well, you notice, well, it, it, actually, that makes perfect sense what you just said. Uh, and first off, you're not alone. Uh, you know, I, I, now I've been a Democrat my entire life, ever mm -hmm. since I was you know voting age back in the 80s. And... You know, I was kind of blinded by that party loyalty. Yeah. You know, and and it took me to go to YouTube, and I was randomly going through videos, and I happened upon this young kid named Kyle Kalinsky. Of his show is called Secular Talk. Okay. I highly recommend it. Uh, he he's a, a good smart kid. He started his show about a, nine ten years ago, I'd say. Uh, and, and he, you know, but when I first ran into him, he only had maybe a thousand subscribers. I subscribed it at the time. Now he's about 800,000. Wow. So, but he, you know, I, I have, so I happened upon him and he made a lot of sense. He was, you know, he was only 20 at the time, I think 2021, mm -hmm. and he was making a whole lot of sense mm -hmm. and I just kept listening and, and I, you know, the, he's old, he's as old as my oldest child. So to me, he's almost like that son I'll never meet, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but but he, you know, so of course, you know, from him, then you of course you find the Young Turks, which are not, you know, I, I, I I'm, they're kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. But Jimmy Dore was certainly the best, I think, out of all of them. Although they're all good, I mean, in their own ways. Yeah. But Jim, you know, then Jimmy Dore, who goes after everybody, and and. Well, anyway, so to kind of go back to another part, what you said. Uh, so I was just letting you know that you were a past Republican, mm -hmm. and I don't expect and, and don't be a Democrat either. I mean, right. honestly, the two party system is broken. Oh, it's terrible. It, you know, and to you know, I, I like I said, I was a Democrat my entire life. I I'm I'm done with the party. Mm -hmm. You know, now even if Bernie happens to go into the convention with the majority, I'm still 
going to be very weary of the party. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'll st I'll do my part for Bernie, of course, because, you know, I mean, it, it's Bernie. Right. And I believe everything he stands for and that he's not going to go with politics as usual because right. he's got 40, 50 years of, of speaking truth to power. He's not going to suddenly change just because he's the president, right. you know, out, out of the blue. He knows he's got millions of Americans, which is what even Obama didn't have, mm -hmm. you know, and, and what following Obama had, he basically said okay you got me elected i'm good now go on with your lives and that's what a lot of people did and what happened in the midterms you know in 10 right. the tea party you know the tea party rise mm -hmm. and you know takeover of the congress yeah and 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 the damage that they've done you know and the tea party you know i was at an original or one of their very first meetings and i knew immediately that it was created for the wrong reasons it there were some good ideas don't get me wrong i mean obviously it was anti you know wall street and all that right but you could clearly see a lot of it unfortunately was racial undertones without yeah. a doubt mm -hmm. and and that's and that's unfortunate because it, it did have the right ideas like where of course two years later was the occupy movement right. which kind of took away all that the, the racial aspects and just focused in on the millionaires billionaires you know and, and and wall street and corporations and this and that you know and and i think that's where the two movements kind of converge but they both had the right idea blow up both parties right now the tea party did they blew up the republican party and look what we have now yeah the democratic party is now trying to screw bernie and look what could happen or what let me rephrase that Look at what will certainly happen if they're successful in yeah. screwing Bernie. I don't think they're going to, though. I think today, being Super Tuesday, I think later tonight, Bernie is going to kill it in every state mm. or, or, or pretty close to every state right. to the point where, uh, like California, it's hard to say what will happen there, but right now he's... It looks it looks good, you know. Texas is kind of a toss up. Yeah. Uh, all he has to hope for really is he has to have the plurality because every every candidate has ever, that has ever existed in either party had the plurality was the nominee. There was no questions asked. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden, here's this one time because the establishment doesn't like Bernie, and now they're going to try and take that away from him. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell yeah. me that that's not going to blow the party up. <laughs> well, I've always felt, and I tell people this, I said, you know, I'm obviously um, progressively minded. I'm liberal minded. I do not, I absolutely draw a hard line in the sense that I do not classify myself as a Democrat. And the reason why is the Democratic Party, they're a group of people, whereas liberalism or progressivism are ideals. And there can mm -hmm. be a serious disconnect there sometimes. Of course, the real world, a group of people, they have to deal with things. They have to deal with things like funding. They have to deal with making arrangements amongst members and delegates and that kind of stuff and and uh, yeah you're right the the two-party system i mean it's just it, it drives me absolutely insane and i felt like if you go back to 2016 when um hillary got the nomination obviously bernie got screwed out of that one hard oh, yeah. really bad i'm i could spend five more podcasts talking about just that but um and so a lot a lot of bernie supporters just flat out said you know in protest i'm just not voting you know and I voted for Hillary. I'm not happy about it. You know, I still feel a little like I need a bath over it. But um, when the Democratic primary season kind of kicked off this time around, it was interesting how there was the hashtag that began to be floated, which was the vote blue no matter who. And I have a new take on that. <laughs> my, my belief on that, that was sort of started with the idea of 
after what happened in 2016, of course, the, the DNC powers, I think, going into this one, didn't think Bernie had a shot at all. And it was sort of an, a, a way to tell Bernie supporters, hey, you need to vote this time, you know, mm -hmm. no matter who the candidate is. And now that we're potentially, hopefully, on the verge of Bernie getting the nomination, that hashtag's kind of taken on a new meaning. I think it's kind of reversed on them. You know, now it's kind of like... Okay, yeah, you may not have liked Bernie. You may have thought he's too extreme, but if he gets the nomination, those are your options, right? You know? So vote blue no matter who. That's V B N M W. Vote Bernie no matter what. <laughs> Thank I you. I like that one. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> what does um? If we were to go back, what was it? What was the first time um your like exposure to Bernie and sort of like, hey, this is the guy. This might be the guy I want to get behind. Believe it or not, I've actually now I wasn't particularly uh political. I mean, I I was always kind of in and out, you know, with with politics. Uh. Back in the early or mid '90s, O.J. Simpson and all that. Yeah, you know, I was. I was it always kind of made me curious. Like, well, why did the media treat him the way they did? And then, of course, you learn. Okay, he's a millionaire. He's an actor. And then there's this bias toward people who are famous. And now that's just that's not. And that's not so much Hollywood. I mean, it is, but it's not that specifically. It's just the idea that he's famous. Yeah. Okay. And. When you, you know, and then, and then years later, of course, then you go to the year 2000 when Al Gore got screwed out of the election, you know, and, you know, because it was so interesting. And that was where I really started to pick up a lot of steam. Now, I've known about Bernie for over 20 years, um, but, you know, for, for my walkthrough of, of really understanding what Bernie meant, even though I knew of him, it yeah. never really dawned on me, like, what his presence within elect within elected office really truly meant and i didn't really catch that until until after 2000 and so you know because let's face it i mean al gore for all his faults he was the president in 2000 without a doubt okay he he you know but i always found it kind of funny with and this is just a sidebar that republicans always well right wingers i guess you could say you know the, the state rights people if yeah. you would uh they always talk about state rights State rights this, state rights that, you know, oh, let the states decide, X, Y, Z. So Florida decided they wanted to do a full recount, mm -hmm. the Supreme Court. Oh, no, the next day, they the, the Republican leaders, you know, the RNC was right to the Supreme Court immediately the next day, demanding that they rule over, or overrule Florida to stop the count because the presumption was it will it will damage and I'm using air quotes here with my fingers yeah you know damage or hurt George Bush mm. in his president or being the new president because the the argument was oh he's the president and that's the end of it no 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 you know the state a state tried to do the right thing by doing a recount now if the recount happened is it possible that Bush could have still won? I mean, at the time, sure, but lots of studies have been have proven actually that no, if they had done a full recount, <laughs> yeah, Al Gore would have been president hands down. I mean, right. there, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. But whatever. I mean, it is what it is. That was back then, you know. And then of course, nine eleven happens, and then you got the Iraq War. Well, actually, the invasion, the illegal invasion of Iraq, really, mm -hmm. because Iraq had nothing to do with nine eleven. You know, I mean, in fact, no country other than I would say Saudi. Arabia and Israel had anything to do. To, 
Well, more Saudi Arabia than Israel. I mean, yeah. Israel, some you know, their right wing government. It's hard to say with them. They're a mixed bag. Yeah, they're you know, I think it, you know, a little hard, a lot of the criticism against that country kind of is unfounded. But at the same time, when you have a right wing government, you know, which they've had for the last so many years, that's basically you know, t- basically saying the Palestinians aren't even people. But that's a whole other story, you know. So right. You know, we're not going to get into that. But anyway, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, so as far as my, you know, so, and that's when I started, you know, to realize what Bernie truly meant. And, you know, because then he started going on Tom Hartman's radio show, if you know who that is. No. Uh, Tom Hartman is a nationally syndicated radio host. He's been around for a long time. And, you know, and they used to do a brunch with Bernie every Friday. Okay. And, and it was a very powerful, you know, one hour where Bernie would sit in his office or wherever he was and he would call into Tom Hartman and they would talk for the first half an hour and then Bernie would take unfielded phone calls and answer, you know, and give answers. That's how I started to really understand what Bernie meant. And and then now skip to 2014, I'm in Iowa at an event where Bernie is and I get to meet him for the first time. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and my, the, I have a picture of me with Bernie, you know, that I proudly display on my desk. And then, you know, and of course, then he decides to run a, a year later. I start my group, you know, Rockford. Well, actually, at the time, it was called Northern Illinois for Bernie Sanders okay. on Facebook. Uh, I renamed it Rockford only because so many different groups started popping up mm-hmm. that are in Northern Illinois. You got McHenry uh, for Bernie. You got Buffalo Grove for Bernie. Um I believe there's one in, I think there might be one in Dixon. I'm not 100% sure. There's one in DeKalb. And I thought, well, okay, we'll just call ourselves Rockford to differentiate ourselves instead of saying Northern because it, it didn't seem right. Okay. So, but here we are. Uh, and and now I've run for office myself a couple times, you know, county board, city council. Uh, I'm a member of the Democratic Party. Well, I'm, I won't be after this primary. I just I decided not to run for re-election as a precinct committee person mm-hmm. uh, only because I'm you know, I want to wait and see. So if Bernie's a nominee and he becomes the president, I'll run in for the, in two years again for the seat. Uh, and, and then we'll try and take over the party, all that fun stuff. But so I, you know, I've been very active, you know, and, and yeah, I, I look at Bernie as not the be all that ends all, you know, he doesn't have all the answers, but he has, great answers Mm -hmm. he has some great solutions he's got some great ideas and he's got people like the nina turner you know state senator nina turner uh, speaking on his behalf you know say what you want about you know even aoc you know and ilan omar you know rashida Tlaib, ro khanna you know when you know uh, pramila jayapal in in washington you know there are good progressives out there you know of various intellect various smarts mm-hmm. various willingness to speak truth to power uh they don't always get it right yeah they're human you know mm-hmm. and uh but i would say you know bernie has inspired uh millions oh yes for sure yeah and you know and and you know take yourself for example i mean you you kind of came into it you know feeling like you're a republican now again you don't have to go around saying i'm a socialist you know because you're going right. to support bernie that you know i in fact i tell this all the time to even you know to people that i work with you know look you you, you voted for trump and you like trump fine that's that's perfectly acceptable no problem mm-hmm. okay but what do you think of bernie oh well i like him but i feel like if i vote for him i'm not a socialist well then 
then don't call yourself a socialist. Right. You can still vote for him. Call yourself a conservative for all I care. I know labels don't mean anything. Right. Like you said before, you know, earlier, uh, it's all about the platform and the issues and the fact that he's been speaking truth to power the same for 40 some years. That's unimpeachable integrity in action. Yeah. And I feel like there are times I frequently get frustrated with the word socialism and socialist. Primarily because it's a lightning rod word. It has different meanings to every single person. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, we've had decades now, but well, socialist is communism. So people think that Bernie Sanders is a communist. You know, we discussed that earlier, that filthy commie. Um, and even then, there's a big difference between what you would mean being a socialist like Venezuela versus European-style socialism. I almost get to a point where I wish they'd find a different word because Bernie being a self-proclaimed uh, democratic socialist has very, very different connotations than yes. one would generally associate as being a tried-and-true well, socialist. Well, actually, to go back to when I mentioned Kyle Kalinske, uh, he has said it many times over and over where... Bernie made, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, the cat's out of the bag. So he goes with democratic socialists. Okay, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. But he's really a social democrat is what he ultimately is. Okay. You know, uh, but since he goes with democratic socialists, it does sort of force everyone to have to explain socialist. You know, right. that goes without saying. Now, when people bring up Venezuela, oh. or even Cuba for that matter, Mm -hmm. They're not actually socialist nations. Mm -hmm. Certainly not Venezuela. It never was. It was a capitalist system, no different than America. Mm -hmm. It had a mixed economy. The difference between Venezuela and America is our military was a whole lot bigger. Right. And the CIA, at the behest of you know the oil companies, just like what we did in Iran in 1953 by overthrowing the democratically elected you know president Mogadish, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and had him assassinated. Now that all came. You know, that's all been proven now. I mean, you know, the CIA finally admitted to it about, I don't know, a decade ago or so, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've been undermining and under overthrowing governments left and right. Well, Venezuela is no different. The only reason why why it's fallen apart and why the, you know, because our media keeps showing video of, oh, my God, look at all these empty shells. It's socialism. It's because of that. No, our sanctions are destroying that economy. Mm -hmm. Okay. We control the dollar, if you would. Okay, if China suddenly, you know, if, if China ever got its act together and was able to do to their economy through capitalism, if you would, with, with a, you know, with a relatively healthy mix of socialism, if you would, which is, you know, kind of really what we're aiming for under, under uh, with Bernie. But if China ever did it, and they've got four times the population, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> they, it, I don't fear China invading anybody anytime soon i mean sure they're a dictatorship and there are some worries about them but i think they they've seen what damage a country can do to the world when you try to be the you know the bully of the planet yeah well the bully slash policeman of the planet mm -hmm. and i don't i just don't think china would really want to deal with that because you know they're they're slowly but surely you know, creating an economy that, you know, I mean, solar power is becoming a thing in that country. Yeah. You know, economy. wind power, hydroelectric. Sure, they got lots of dirty coal and oil refineries. Without a doubt, they do. I mean, you know, so they, they still have bad smog, just like we used to have in L.A. in mm. this country. Uh, but they're slowly realizing that they can't go that route. Now, is Xi Jinping... Xi Jinping 
I can't pronounce his name, but the president of, of yeah. China. Um, Xi Jinping, I think is how you pronounce it. Anyways, you know, is he, you know, is he president for life? I guess at this point, maybe he kind of is. Okay. I yeah. mean, and that's not much of a democracy, but, but he doesn't have any, I, I just don't think he would ever consider world domination. I, I just don't. Right. You know, uh, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I mean, I suppose once you, if you're, if you're the ultimate power and suddenly you have an economy that's stronger than America's, eh, I suppose anything's possible. Right. But, um, <laughs> But in this moment in time, I would say China is at least trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I think, you know. But what do I know? I'm I'm just a school bus driver. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I'm not when I'm not advocating for Bernie. Right. Well, you know the the funny thing is is that um, the belief because I, I I keep wanting to commit because I feel like this is the biggest misconception that people have about Bernie is that being being labeled a socialist there there's this belief that. If he becomes president overnight, the United States is going to turn into a socialist hellhole. It's just like you said, Venezuela, there's going to be empty shelves and the government's going to have too much power. Um, when you look at, when you really, like you go to his website and you go down the list and you look at all the things that he's proposing to do, it looks less like a socialist takeover and more like a reallocation of resources. It, yes. You know, it's like when you look at what it is he wants to do, and really, I, I, I'm kind of in the middle where I sort of feel like, Capitalism in and of itself is good and bad. It has very good sides. Um, it definitely drives innovation. It definitely drives progress um, in a lot of areas. The one thing that has to be kept in mind is that capitalism exists to make money. At the end of the day, capitalism does not have morality. It does not nope. give a shit whether nope. you have housing or you make enough money. It is designed to squeeze every last red cent out of every pocket that it can. And I think that can be okay provided that the government of whatever country is a capitalist country has some reins on it and says, okay, there's only so far you can go with this. And when you look at what Bernie's proposing, he's really just wanting to put some more stop gaps and some more reins on some areas of, of capitalism that, I mean, you don't need to be a Republican or a Democrat to do the research and see the hard math on it and the numbers and realize that there are some areas where this has gotten extremely out of control in terms of wage suppression and in- income inequality and... Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I, you know, capitalism left to its own devices is. I mean, if you if you look at capitalism as on you know on paper, and you you think to yourself, okay, you have certain industries, okay, where a corporation, uh, you know, you would think that each corporation would sort of have its own little niche, mm-hmm. okay, and for the most part, that's true, okay. But then you have certain companies like Amway, and this is not beating up on Amway. I don't, I'm not doing that at all here. But right. I'm using them as an example only because they delve into several different um, markets. Mm-hmm. They're not just like Walmart is just Walmart. You know, uh, BP is just BP. You know, uh, GM. You know, Auto is just GM Auto, for example. You know, uh, but then you look at companies like Amway or Disney who are buying. They have media companies that they own, or a or they own ABC. Um, you got the you know uh, Jeff Bezos who owns Amazon, but he also owns the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you start having these big corporations getting into other markets, you start to realize that ultimately capitalism, without a little mixture of socialism, which is what regulations basically are, yeah. if you think about it, uh, is the ultimate Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. Because there's only room for very few at the top, 
Right. And and so once you've got 330 million Americans with you know who are struggling to make ends meet, that we're not to that point, but let's just, you know, but that is ultimately where we're going if mm-hmm. we keep going down the path we're going. Uh, we're talking Hunger Games type you know, style, <laughs> right? You know, uh-huh. where you'll have one little city, the capital, if you would, if you if you know Hunger Games at all, yeah. Uh, and then every other province or state or whatever they called those, I forget what they called them in the in the book, but or the movies, uh, but where they're all poor people, all kind of fighting for scraps. Mm-hmm. Each one only just builds whatever they build, and that's whatever the capital wants them to make. Now, again, I don't, I'm not saying we're going to go in that direction specifically, but, you know, the reference is only intended to say there's there's a point where capitalism will start to become its own. It, it will start to eat itself. You're right. From the and, and Yeah. And, and so when you have a healthy mix with socialism, you know, like the Scandinavian countries have gotten, uh, like we have had actually up until, you know, until the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, you had Social Security. Okay. All that was was just enough of a, you know, it was a basic retirement for, to keep older people from just being, being out on the street. It yeah. wasn't enough for them to go on a vacation. It wasn't enough for them to even necessarily have a TV or, you know, in their house. Mm-hmm. It was enough so that they can have just, you know, barely enough food, not, you know, on in the table so they don't starve mm-hmm. and a bed so they can stay warm, you know, basically roof over their head, right. you know, and, and just have the basics in life. That's it. That's right. all social security is. Okay. Ultimately, um, you know, of course, then you have things like, you know, retirement funds and all that, but that's, yeah. you know, again, that's a different aspect, but you know, so when you, ha- you know, government regulations, the EPA mm-hmm. just keeps the oil and gas and coal and all those guys just at least honest. And it used to do a good job mm-hmm. at keeping them honest for the most part. You know, I think it was weak for a while in the seventies cause it was still trying to figure out its place in the world, the EPA. Mm-hmm. And that's when you had, you know, like the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland was on fire, you know, back in the 70s. And then they cleaned it up. L.A. used to have horrible smog. Oh, terrible. And then they cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was the EPA. But now, all of a sudden, the EPA, it, it's like a shell of its former self yet again. And yeah. why? Because you have the swamp that Trump promised to clean up. Yeah. Are now r- still running the show. Right. And, you know, and... and and that's not to say that like what Obama had running, you know, I mean, the guy that was running the EP under Obama at least tried. He, he was a scientist. Yeah. The guy at least was willing to try and, he, and they did fight as best they could. Unfortunately, the Justice Department sometimes got in the way. Sometimes states got in the way. Well, what's that guy in uh, Oklahoma? Uh, he was the state's, the, the, the attorney general of Oklahoma. He, I think he's in Trump's, I can't think of the guy's name, top of my head. Uh, all these other names that I know. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I'm sure someone who's listening maybe will know who I'm talking about. But he, he sued the EPA like 20-some times. Oh, jeez. And now God, come on. I think he's the guy who's in charge of the EPA now. Okay. That guy. I, oh, or used to be. Or yeah. maybe used to be. I don't think he is now anymore. But, but he was in charge of the EPA and he sued the EPA. Yeah. To keep them from being able to clean up, you know, like super sites or whatever they, you know, and the swamp still exists. Mm-hmm. I think what what Trump ultimately did was he took the bottom muck of the swamp, the the worst of the worst, and just laid it out on top. Yeah, and that's all he did. And you've got a lot of people out there, millions of Americans, who think that Trump, you know, is this great wonderful guy, and he's a truth teller, and he's all oh, a man of the people. No, but then again, neither really was Obama. 
Right. Neither really was certainly not Bush and Cheney right. and not and and Bill Clinton. You know, I mean, I you know, I can keep you know, I can beat up on my own party, and I and I right. am now mm-hmm. because I'm I've opened my eyes. But again, by watching those shows I told you about earlier, Kowalski, yeah. Jimmy Dore, you know, The Humanist Report, you know, which is a uh, uh, Mike Figueredo, uh, guys like that, and, and you know, maybe now you, you know, not maybe for sure <laughs> now you, um, and and hopefully, you're, and I'm sure your show will grow and. Uh, because I like this format. Well, good. <laughs> this is good. I like this. Well, the you know, uh, if if you end up listening to this, my sister Rainy, I remember she said something to me years ago um, that always struck a chord with me. She said, when it comes to an election, I'm less concerned about party. I'm less concerned about their platforms. And I'm more concerned with who is A, intelligent, and B, a good person. Those two things, even if, if they're an intelligent person, they're a good person, and even if I disagree with most of their platforms, that's still probably better for the country. And I felt like in 2016, I felt like Trump was neither. I felt like Hillary was intelligent, but I didn't think she was a good person. Um, in my time of following politics, one of the reasons I've completely gotten behind Bernie is I feel like he's one of the first real candidates who's come on who I felt was both. Mm-hmm. I don't think in my time I've ever come across a candidate who I guarantee you gives as much of a crap about you and me than any other candidate who's come before him. Not that he's going to individually talk to each of us and find out what our issues were, but in terms of like the state of our lives and in terms of what kind of reality it is we're living in, what kind of mm-hmm. world it is our kids are growing up in, that's something he cares about. That's the reason why he's not taking money from lobbyists and super PACs because he doesn't want the super wealthy doesn't want their agendas to impact his right because they're right against each other they butt heads that's part of the reason why the establishment doesn't like him exactly well because the establishment knows that he is a literal existential threat to right. their not their existence per se their existence as the power structure mm-hmm. that it is right now right because if joe biden is the nominee or or god forbid you know bloomberg uh, but although he doesn't have a program game, so I'm not really concerned about him. Uh, he's just spending money hand over foot, and if he actually gave a damn about people, he'd spend that money on you know, you know, letting you know um, the bagel shops right. uh, give food to the homeless, you know, right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's clear that Bloomberg is only running just to try and take as many delegates as he possibly can. And I think even at this point, you know, even Elizabeth Warren. You know who I used to, you know, admire. Right. Yeah. Uh, but now, lately, the last six months, I, I can't do it. Yeah. You know? And and she's shown her true colors, which is a damn shame because she she took on Wall Street and, big time. And and, uh, and and she still might. I mean, you know, you know, she. I I don't think she has sold out in the sense of what she would be willing to still do to go after Wall Street and the big banks. But she's been going after Bernie, and it it makes no sense. I mean, I thought they were ideologically the same. You know, that's what I keep you know being told by all these Democrats. You know, oh, they're the same, right? I mean, they're close enough, right? Mm-hmm. And no, not anymore. Well, maybe there was a time when you could believe that, but <laughs> not no more. Yeah, probably, probably out of all the candidates, Elizabeth probably ideologically closer to Bernie than any of the others. That that's for sure. The funny thing about Bloomberg, and I like Bloomberg. I'm going to tell you why. Because the longer he stays in the campaign, the more it helps Bernie. Because the party's kind, of, the party's kind of split into the pro-Bernie or anti-Bernie camp, and as long as Biden and Bloomberg are both in it, it's splitting the anti-Bernie vote, you know. <clears throat> and eventually, if Warren drops out, I, I, I guess I don't know how that's going to work. You would imagine ideologically she would get behind Bernie. Ideologically, you would, you that would, would make the most sense. But at this point, with the way everything's been going, and and the thing that people forget about Biden, 
is that this is a guy who was selected to be Obama's running mate because of the fact that he was such a centrist. He was such a mild, mild, mild Democrat to the point of being borderline Republican. I mean, the guy wrote a bill once on segregation. He voted mm-hmm. against gay marriage in the oh, 90s. Yeah. You know, this guy is not, you know, he's not the, to, to people who are Obama supporters, um, oh, Biden's not the second coming of Obama. Not at all. Just because they, you know, we're in yeah. the same administration together doesn't mean he's Obama 2.0. He is not. He is most definitely There's not. a reason why Obama has yet to endorse him. Now, I, rumor has it that there there was some little rumblings, I guess, now that, you know, Biden got his little victory in South Carolina, <laughs> that Obama might actually come out and endorse. But it's hard to say. I, I don't think he will ultimately. I mean, there's going to be hints. You know, and of course, the media will run on as you know anything they can grasp onto, anything to screw Bernie over. Let's face it. I mean, yeah. at this point, the whole establishment. You know, I know, I realize there's you know going to be somebody who, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. Oh yeah, you know, 2016 was doesn't take it doesn't take much Google search uh, of of a Google search to find things now. Yeah, obviously, you have to be careful where you get your information. Right. I would say, you know, these days, places like the Washington Post are no better than Alex Jones. Right. In in my opinion, because yeah. Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, he's the wealthiest man in the country, if not the whole planet. Right. $160 billion. That's insane. <laughs> and... I once, I, I you know, I I once told you know, like somebody who's like, uh, Jet, you know, why go after Jeff Bezos? You know, he makes all these jobs, and I tell him, you realize you could tax Jeff Bezos at ninety nine percent of every dollar he he has mm-hmm. currently every and do that every year, he still at the end of the day will walk home a billionaire. Yeah, that's how right. wealthy he mm-hmm. is. That's insane. Well, when we talk about Jeff Bezos, the interesting thing about that is, is that um, you know he he's filthy, filthy rich. Um, he has definitely been successful to an extent where I, I definitely think you could rightfully say he deserves a level of what he's accomplished. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, but it's also semi a sign of a broken system on two mm-hmm. fronts. I think what was it? I actually had um, where is it here? Amazon paid. $162 million in taxes in 2019. And that was on $13.3 billion in profit. That's a tax rate of 1.2%. Mm-hmm. And the thing that people need to realize when it comes to these corporations, Amazon gets really, really rich. Jeff Bezos gets really, really rich off of American consumers buying his product. And he amasses this huge wealth and taxes are your way of giving back and helping the people who got you to that position. That's the whole reason that works that way. And not only did they only pay that little amount in taxes, that was also the first time they had paid taxes since 2016. Now, what's the tax rate of you and me? Like Oh, about 28-ish percent, yeah, yeah. give or take. And this guy paid 1.2%. Wealthiest yeah. man, biggest company in the world, 1.2% tax rate. I'm a firm believer, the more you make, the more you should pay. Oh yeah, I definitely should be tears. And the other way that's also broken is that while he made this much money, he had, runs a very, very successful company, you hear all these stories about the people who actually work in these warehouses who barely make enough money to survive. Some of them living in their own cars and under mm-hmm. extreme stress. Because again, the capitalist system is attempting to squeeze every last ounce of productivity and every last penny out of the market. Yep. There's, there's got to be a give and take. There's... Well, I would say the the uh, 
book called the well i mean this is not maybe not quite the right book but it's in a general neighborhood of what we're talking about right now called the jungle by upton Sinclair. oh yes mm-hmm. and you know of course that was about the meat packing industry but still Chicago. there's no difference mm-hmm. i mean you know meat packing or amazon you know packaging right okay you're you're still talking about putting people in a warehouse and telling them put a diaper on Right. You're not going to the bathroom. Work, 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 work. Right. You know, and, oh, you're sitting in your car. Well, okay, well, just go on welfare. Right. And and when these corporations that make that kind of money, we're subsidizing them on two fronts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that a lot of people don't seem to understand is you realize that the idea behind the attacks, of the socialism attack, are made up by guys like the Jeff Bezos of the world right. to get paycheck to paycheck people who, again, all good people, right? I, you know, I mean, are there a few, you know, Trump supporters or even maybe a few Bernie supporters, Cardinals who, fan or two, who yeah. are or who are, you know, bad people in their heads, you know, for and and you know whatever. Okay, what they're too far gone people, whatever. But the majority of people who are Trump supporters to this day, even, are just in the belief that Trump is trying to do his best for them. And I, clearly he's not, but the, it, but to go even beyond even just Trump, just the idea that uh, our system is so broken, our capitalist system is so broken, that you have Trump, and even Democrats for that matter, you know, Pelosi and Schumer, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, his last tax cut was like $1.6 trillion to the wealthy, while also cutting... You know, so an attempt to cut Social Security, right. Medicaid, uh, food stamps, uh, Section 8 housing or whatever, you know, all that. I mean, the whole social social safety net. Why? Right. Why are we doing that? Tax the rich. Yeah. We used to have in this country a 91% tax rate, marginal tax rate, on everything over $280,000, which, right. which was in the 30s. Yeah. In today's dollars is a roughly $3 million. You're telling me that somebody who may, who makes that kind of money can't somehow afford to pay, or, or, or you know, they can't live on just three million dollars. So what if they're paying ninety one percent after three million? Right. Who cares? Well, that's Bernie's only asking for fifty two percent, by the way. After ten he, million. Yeah. After yeah. ten million, and he's a communist. And that's dirty. That's dirty. That's dirty socialism. Yeah. Well, the the crazy thing is um, about the Jungle by Upton Sinclair is that book came out, and like I said, it was about the meatpacking industry in Chicago. And the amount of change that that book ended up having, because Teddy Roosevelt read it and was infuriated. He was so angry, he called the leaders into the White House and said, you need to mm-hmm. fix this. And that's why today we have OSHA, and mm-hmm. because of other stuff, we have labor laws, you know, yeah. overtime and that kind of stuff. Um, we are right about at the end. Yeah. So I'm going to give the free form to you. Anything you want to add before we close this down? Well, I mean, uh, I don't know how many, much of your listeners are in the Rockford area, uh, Rockford, Illinois area, but if they happen to be within uh, a stone's throw of Rockford, uh, we do have our Bernie San- our, our uh, We're unaffiliated with the official Bernie campaign. A bunch of people got together and we created and opened up a Bernie Sanders uh, field office for you know for the next couple of weeks. So if anyone is you know around, we're inside the old Just Goods Fair Trade Store, which is two zero one South Seventh Street in Rockford. Uh, feel free to stop by if you're. If you're not, I mean, I'm sure wherever you are in the country, go seek out whatever, uh, you know, Bernie offices in the area. Go phone bank. Go uh, uh, 
do texting for Bernie, canvas, talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends, talk to your coworkers, talk to everybody. We got to get mm-hmm. Bernie elected because, hey, honestly, he's the only choice or, well, he's our last hope, I should say. Okay. Not our only choice, but he's our last hope to finally get it right in this country and to basically thumb our noses at the establishment, really, of both major parties mm-hmm. and the wealthy and the corporations and Wall Street, you know, and, and so... And I got so many more things I'd love to say. I could definitely come on the show again. We could go on for hours. (laughs) Oh, we could. Well, one of the biggest things I want to say to everybody is if you think um, I'm crazy, if you think David is crazy, the one thing I want you to do more than anything is go research. Go get online. Look at more than, especially if you can find news sources that contradict each other. Do your own research. Dig into this stuff because that's that's the only way you're going to end up making an informed decision. Um, and I want to close this podcast out with a quote from Martin Luther King, which is something I don't normally do, but I felt this one was very fitting, who once said that this country has socialism for the rich and rugged, rugged individualism for the poor. Thank you, everybody, for listening. All right. I want to thank everybody for coming back and listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you like what you heard, please, 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 on any of the platforms you listen to, please subscribe, follow, stream. And if you happen to be a Apple iTunes user, you know, listen to your podcast or Apple podcast, I guess not iTunes, uh, definitely give us a review that every little bit of that helps. I can't express to it enough. Um, if you like David soul, if you like what he had to say, you want to find out more, um, you can follow Rockford, Illinois for Bernie 2020 on Facebook. Um, and so once again, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time.